And we're live. We're live. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Everybody, it has been a fun week. Ooh. Tell tell the listener. <clears throat> I went to Old Vermont, mm-hmm. which went I love so Vermont well. Mm-hmm. Um, it snowed today. Ugh. You know, part of me thinks it's festive and a lot of me's not ready. I'm not ready for how cold it is, but I'm also glad that it's not like 70 anymore. <laughs> I know, I know I'm in the in the It's, it's not here. even that. I would love for it to be like 50. Like yes. In, like 50 from <clears throat> September like 20th until November 20th, mm. you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Give me a cool 2 months of that. Oh yeah, that's ideal cuz it's like a like a jean jacket. Yeah. Like and 50 a like like starting at 60 in September and slowly moving down towards 40. That's what that's the ideal Fine. thing. It's too cold today. I will say it's sad for me because in Park Slope, a lot of the Halloween decorations are gone at this point, which is hard to accept. At least those those skeleton friends are always there. Always. Always also there. Also, that, that one Thanksgiving house that we found. Oh, my Remember God. Remember that one time? Yeah. I, we just yeah. walked up to it. We got to find that again. Those for people sure. are our friends. Yeah. Listener, I mean, we walked past a house. beautiful home that had just a really festive exterior and a flag. We a almost just flag. went in. And the door was open. Right, and we were just was walking in, and yeah. somebody was like, "Hi!" And we we're like, "Ah, bye. yeah." And sorry, <laughs> sorry, bye. Your home is very nice. Um, oh, Ooh. I also wanted to tell you that I—I I don't know if I told you I saw Jojo Rabbit. Oh, was it good? I loved it. It's beautiful. I loved it. It's very sad, but that's not a spoiler because it's about well, it's World Hitler War Two. Yeah, and that—I don't know if you guys know, but it was sad war. A lot of it was sad, sad. war. A lot of it was sad. Um. It, it it had not even a happy ending. It just ended. Oh, okay. I would say, um, oh, no, I meant the war itself. Oh, I thought you were yeah. talking about the movie, and I was like, no, oh, where? It's hard to say that war has a happy ending, you know? Well, yeah. It's, like, good that wars end, but it's not a happy ending. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good that it ended. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to have had to get no there that way. No have a happy ending. That's beautiful. Thank you. You should make a magnet. That's that my that. poem. No wars. Mm-hmm. It's like a one of those poems that's like one word per line. Yes. Yeah. But then ending is like three spaces further yes. down. Yes. And then there's like a period way There's over like there. an overlong ellipses. <laughs> and then just a tiny illustration in the far bottom right corner. Yeah. And then just dash SF. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Welcome to That's the Spirit. <laughs> Welcome to That's the Spirit. This is a, a podcast about my poems. Yeah, short form primarily, poetry. And also hauntings. Hauntings. Gursts. Gursts. Gusts. Uh, a grave. Yeah, a grave. Um, bones. A watch. A wurch. A squellington. A plunkin. Yeah. We cover oh, it all. We cover it all. I also almost spent so much... This is exactly the time of year where I got obsessed with cast iron pots the other day, Mm. or the other year, and Mm -hmm. uh, I almost bought just a cast iron pot that's just shaped like a pumpkin. Didn't you almost buy a glass pumpkin, too, or did you just ask about a glass (gasps) pumpkin? Oh, yeah. I was at the Simon Pierce store in uh, Cuichi, Vermont, and I was looking. I don't even know why we're in there. I think just delirium brought us into the shiny sign. Do you even... Do you know about Simon Pierce? 
Okay, I know it the is name. like what the is most it? expensive place to buy glass things in the world. I picked up a glass and <laughs> that like, is a crazy store to go to. Yeah, I gotta say, I picked up a glass and I turned it over and it was like two hundred seventy five dollars a single glass. And I was like, what, what? the fuck? And I put it down Who's gingerly. I don't know, but this place was fucking slammed. And I walked around. I walked around. It's all like I don't know, hand blown fucking glass by a man named Simon. I assume it can't be just <clears> him. <throat> It can Maybe be it just him. But I found a pumpkin. I was just looking at it, pondering the meaning of this glass. And a lady came up to me and was like, can I help you with something? Yeah. And before I could stop myself, I said, do you carry any smaller plunkins? <laughs> and she, I looked her square in the face. And she was like, let me go in the back and check. Didn't even correct me. And then I, I did find the, the plunkin section. Oh, okay. And they do carry smaller plumpkins, but not cheap enough. Still. Still, they were like $200 at, at the least. I don't know what's so special about the glass. Maybe it's like... Maybe it's I don't tempered. Know. Is that a thing? I think it's like rich people being like, that's a Simon Pierce. I guess. Now I know what to look for in like a home to put in my bag. Yeah. I will say the like one time. Sorry if you're listening stealing to this, Corey. Your, stealing your rich but my sister in law just like after she and my brother got married was like, "Does anyone want this bowl? I don't want it. Like I didn't ask for this. And it was oh. a Simon Pierce bowl. Did you take it? Well, my mom was like, "Corey, one day you are gonna want this. So wow. I'm just gonna store it in our house, I guess. Smart. Because I don't think you know what you think you're saying right now. <laughs> and because she was just like, I just didn't ask for this, and I get. Being like, why did I get this bowl? But yeah. like, you gotta look That's it up really on the funny. internet. Yeah, because those bowls were like nearly a thousand dollars. Yeah. So Corey, we're gonna hang on to that for you. Don't worry. Uh, we got you. I make no Don't promises. If I'm in the in the lurch and really need to get out of a couple jams, I am gonna sell that bowl. Why? Um, not? She's not gonna know. She will never know. We can delete this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to scrub the internet of the entire yeah. podcast. Uh, yeah, anyway, that was my, my crazy Vermont trip. Beautiful. Just spending too much money. Well, you gotta get your cheeses, your syrups. You gotta. And if you go to the right place, guess yeah. what? What? Candles for half as much. For half as much? Mm-hmm. Why are, you also got a scrumptious apple brandy. Oh my goodness. That we're supping and sipping on. Crazy shout out to, oh shit. Hang on, let me Uh-oh. look up this name because I do wanna I do wanna go. shout it out. Yeah, shout him out. Um okay. I'm gonna find the name of this place. Okay. Vermont Spirits Company. Hey. Uh this place is great. Let me tell you what. You can go to they sell, they don't ship, but they sell their stuff in like a couple different places in um the northeast and the northwest. Okay. So Perhaps go on their so. website, vermontspirits.com, see where you can get yourself a little a little sap of Sounds their liquids. They have a a corn whiskey called Black Snake. Oh my god. Which is you, you know I think the best thing to exist. Corn whisk. Really fun. Mm. Um I have their their gin, which is delicious, a copper's gin. Yeah, sure. Delightful. Sure. Good um, bottles, too. Really, really good. nice, pretty bottles. Yeah, and I just, you know, everything is small batch. Mm. They run out of stuff mm-hmm. a lot. They're out of all of their kinds of bourbon and all of their kinds of of maple spirit. Wow. Which is like a maple um, whiskey, I think. Oh. 
So they also have a vodka. Three kinds of vodka. Wow. So anyway, this place is great. Everybody go and um, patronize their store. Love it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. We're sipping it now. We're sipping and supping. Let's them. Okay. This podcast brought to you by Vermont Spirits. Real fucking good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of related to the podcast because spirit is in the Vermont name. Vermont Spirits. Mm-hmm. It's too scary. I can't even hear that. Tell me about your day and week. Uh, my day and week, um, you know, it's been a couple couple days since I've been at my apartment, and uh, I'm real, it feels like today felt like Monday, because I had yeah. treatment yesterday, so I didn't get to work till like 3, mm-hmm. and then it was just a long eve, and then, you know, not, not too exciting, as you can tell, it was mm. just like, it's just mm. been like, kind of a weird week because of that. Um, I do feel like, yeah, you're packing. Packing my apartment. That's Robin's exciting. moving. Guess I'm where? Moving. Guess where? Don't it's tell like, them. <laughs> uh, well, in relation to me, yeah, it's less like than across two the minutes. street, guys. Across yeah. the street. Yeah, we could just wake up, go and high five each other, and then come back to our houses Focus in under sights. five minutes of time. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be great. Um, it's and you would think that week. we would bring you more content, but no, it's gonna be just <laughs> it's one week. Be just still. the same. Yeah. Although. <laughs> We probably can do more field recordings now. Yeah, and maybe even, I don't know. I was going to (laughs) say, in my mind, I was like, maybe even we'll turn part of Robin's new apartment into a recording studio. And the quality of our sound will improve so much. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm going to set it up in the office. So if you start to hear a crasper sound, a crinkly, crunchy sound. It sounds like we're in the room with you. Yeah. Like we're surrounded by egg cushion. Mm. You know what's up. Oh, egg cushion. Mm. Really good. God, I'm so tired. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. Other than that, nothing too spooky. Well, Nothing too scary. Well, I mean, this is the resting period. This is the calm before the storm, which is you. Crimble. Yule. Are you guys excited? I'm excited for Yule. You guys know that it's the spookiest time of year. You guys know that I, (laughs) this today at work, I joked about making a a crosswood puzzle, a a crosswood puzzle of just the malevolent spirits of Yule. But you did? Oh, I didn't see that. I think that I'm going to do it. You should. I think I'm going to do it. There are unlimited. Yeah. Unlimited ones. Truly. Um, I do have something. Old and creepy to share with you today. I would love that. I was thinking of, um, well, I was brought to this initially some other way. Okay. I was looking up worry dolls. Did you ever have those? Yeah. Yeah, Guatemalan worry dolls. I love them so much. I was looking up just like ways to not be worried. And that was just for my own personal life, not for the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) But then I kind of stumbled on this because I got into like rituals and stuff. And it brought me to this. And I'm just going to share with you some ancient Greek ceremonies. Ooh, okay. Because some of them are kind of ooky spooky. Yeah. So in case you're confused about when ancient Greece was. I am. It's 1000 BC to the Middle Ages. Oh, I didn't realize it went on that long. Well, ancient Greece encompasses, uh, basically these ceremonies encompass practices of a formal religious nature celebrating particular moments in the life of a community or individual in Greece from the period of Greek Dark Ages mm-hmm. to Middle Ages, 500 AD. All right. So these were basically started hmm. super long ago and then even continued up until 500 AD. So um, ancient Greek religion 
was not standardized, had no formalized canon or religious texts at all. Interesting. Nor single priestly hierarchy, and practices varied a lot from like place to place. However, ceremonial life in pre-Christian Greece generally involved offerings of a variety of forms towards gods and heroes. We even talked about sacrifices a yeah, lot. Yeah, not really. So I thought this might be fun. Yeah. Um, as well as a lot of like public celebrations, weddings, burial rites, festivals, etc. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm going to get into offerings. Wow. And there are a couple things under this. Libation. Oh, being yes. the first, mm. which is an offering involving the ritual pouring out of a liquid. Sure. In ancient Greece, such libation um, most commonly consisted of watered down wine, which is fun because you can like chug it. Yeah. But also sometimes of pure wine, honey, olive oil, water, which, mm. okay, oh, sure. or milk. <laughs> if you mm. want to live it up. <laughs> Imagine being like, if you're trying to party. Libation fest, but it's just milk. Yeah. <laughs> like you go ready to get fucked up, and it's just milk. Like you're just going to fart all night. Get twisted off that. Milk. Yeah. It was a basic aspect of religion in ancient Greece and possibly the most common religious practiced libation. Mm. I mean, this is so of a lot of religions still. It was common to perform libations at the beginning and end of every day. So just like shot of milk. Slam shot of milk at the top, shot of milk at the mm-hmm. bottom of the day, and also at the beginning of meals, and was customarily paired with praying to the gods, which was performed while standing upright and sometimes with their ar- arms and legs raised up. Oh. Okay, when I say legs, I mean not legs. I said legs. It's not, <laughs> was, it's not written down. Like- <laughs> yeah, like you're on your back yeah, and yeah, you're like yeah. tabletopping. Yeah, so no, not legs. <laughs> I just added that myself. Okay. That's my own religious form of that libation. That does sound like a good Yeah, new you thing lay to try. like this and someone pours libation into your mouth. <laughs> um, it's commonly involved the pouring of wine from a handheld vessel. It was common to pour the substance from a wine jug into a bowl mm-hmm. known as a, ooh, here we go. Okay. File or file. Sure. Then, as a part of the substance was poured from this thing as an offering. So this is for the gods. Okay. The rest is for us. Sick. This ritual, it's like, you know, you're pouring one out, but it's, it's for, for the gods. Yeah. It's not for just, like, your friend who couldn't make it or, like, has passed. It could be what a god is, you know. That truly is your god is a friend that, friend that can't make, make it. Can't make it to the party. <laughs> this ritual was repeated whenever wine was served. It was typical for libations from each bowl to be dedicated for a specific purpose. So during a symposium, it was customary to serve three successive bowls of wine where libations nice. from the first bowl were usually dedicated either to the Olympians or to Agathos Daemon. Libations from the second were usually dedicated to the heroes of Greek myth. Mm. And libations from the third bowl were dedicated either to Zeus or to um, Hermes. Okay. I almost said Hermes. Hermes. Individuals could also make additional dedications to gods of their own choosing. I would be like, and this, this one, one goes, goes out, out to the to god. god. Yes. It was common to also um, perform libation as part of animal sacrifices, oh. where wine was poured on, onto the animal during the lead Ooh, up to its sacrifice. Yeah. Mm. I just was like, mm. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm. Braised. Also, once the animal had been killed and burned, no. such a waste of... Life and meat. Wine was poured uh, onto the fire. Libations were also poured into the dirt as the ritual to honor both the humans and the gods who reside in the underworld. The Odyssey explains one such offering where a hole is dug by Odysseus in the earth and water, honey, and wine are spilled around it. Mm. 
Such libations could also be performed by tipping over a large vessel containing the substance to be offered. So not like a handheld, but like a vat. Shit. Libations would include blood in order to honor heroes who participated in war. Nice. While offerings at tombs were more commonly have involved like milk and honey, which is interesting because a land of milk and honey is usually considered... A lovely place to go. And as we know, war has no happy ending. As you know, war has no happy ending. Sad. The genius poet. Beautiful. That is inscribed in ancient Greek on a lot of tombs. Who who wrote that poem? I suppose we'll never know. We'll never know. On to the next offering. Animal sacrifice. Yes. I'm sorry, Blue. Cover your little ears. A key aspect of ceremonial life involved the sacrificing of domestic beasts. Oh, no. This was performed at an altar usually located outside of temples. Animal sacrifices were also accompanied with singing and prayer, which is nice that the animals got to hear singing. A little bit of happy noise. The animal was chosen and should be of good stock and in good health, which is also shitty because, like, I don't know. I would imagine that there aren't a ton of, like... Really healthy, great, sturdy animals. But it is all about giving up the thing you love most. Yeah, I guess so. And bulls were preferred over other animals. Those sacrifices could involve cows, sheep, goats, pigs, and birds. However, sheep were the most common animal that was sacrificed. I know, right? The animal was adorned with garlands and led by a girl towards the altar. That's so beautiful, a sheep wearing a garland. This girl concealed the sacrificial knife in a basket that she held over her head. So she's... Terrifying. Yeah, I don't like it. Libations would also be poured over the animals. I mentioned various hymns were sung and prayers said that the animal was killed. And once the animal is slain, women were supposed to cry out loudly. Oh, all right. Which I would have done anyway. Yeah, you don't have to ask I think me. maybe it was just that the women were doing that and they were like, no, they're that's like, part of no, it. No, we want them to be doing that. Now it is, it is necessary and correct you have for them to, to do. Guess what? It's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> like one man who like came to visit and was like, is that supposed to be? Are they okay? Yeah, yeah we're writing it down. No, no, no. It. Yeah, this is. They always do. I'm this. pretty this sure this is part of, it. part of it. Various hymns. Um, I already said that the animal was butchered and its components were used for different purposes. The hide was usually bequeathed to the temple to sell, while the blood was poured over the altar. The meat is prepared to be consumed by the celebrants. Which, like, okay, At least they're using it. While all the remaining inedible parts are gathered together and burned as an offering to the gods. You could probably still, you could probably still eat a lot of those parts. I think it's probably just, like, truly not that many parts. Yeah, bones and hooves. Yeah. Libations might also be poured on the fire at this time. Okay. When honoring the gods of the underworld, however, animal sacrifices were very different, and the whole animal was burned. Ooh. They didn't need any of it. You gotta get a bigger sacrifice for mm-hmm. that, yeah. Damn. Animal sacrifices were practiced at feasts in relation to the slaughtering of animals, obviously, and the consumption of their meat. Duh. Mm-hmm. This is the meat-eating festival, and therefore we should. Sure. However, um, they were also used in order to win the favor of the gods. This is stuff we all kind of know, right? And in times of disaster, before setting out upon an important mission, such as a military conflict. So this is something called pharmacos, or pharmacos, or pharmacos. I don't know how to say it. Okay. It refers to the ritualistic sacrifice of a human scapegoat. Oh, shit. So, 
This practice was used especially during times of disaster, like I mentioned, Mm -hmm. in order to appease the gods and to purify the community. So this isn't just like, um, when we think of like human sacrifice, I never really considered it like this, and I'll, I'll explain. Okay. However, it was also practiced on a regular basis, such as on the first day of the Thargelia in Athens, I don't know what that is, Hipponax of Colophon, Okay. that's a guy or girl, describes this process where the two ugliest men that can be found. No. <laughs> that can be found? How far are they looking? You know what you do? You hide. It's going to start whittling down you gotta, if, like, if, if you're you, doing it all every If you year, think you might be one of those two, hide. If you're doing it every year, by I year know. four, you're like, I'm up. Probably, but you just have to change towns a lot, I think. I guess. Wow. Like, know, terrible system. Know what you look like. Understand you got to hide. Those ugly men need to unionize. can be found is a key element of this. In my mind, it's like, if they can't find me, I'd I'm off the hook. No. Um, so the two ugliest men that can be found were chosen to be sacrificed. Please then, each other. at the start of Thargelia, or however you say that, the men were paraded around wearing fig necklaces and beaten in the genitals <gasps> using sticks from fig trees. They were led to the seashore where they were to be sacrificed and killed by being stoned to death. Oh, then God. the corpses were burned and the ashes either cast into the sea or scattered onto the fields. Why do these ugly men have to suffer so much? I don't know. To purify the community. Of Yet, ugly men? There has been some contention about how reliable this account was, especially given the time between when the ritual was performed and when um, this person wrote this down. However, I do feel like he's not lying. This is very specific. Um, the two ugliest men that can be found is seems like it can't be made up. Over time, the sacrifice, this sacrificial ritual changed to a less severe form of atonement for a criminal act. So at sites like Lefkata, criminals would sometimes be taken to be cast down from the cliffside. Ugh. But he would be watched and caught underneath by men in boats. And his descent would be slowed by attaching birds or feathers to him. What? That's crazy. So, like, I do kind of like this, though. As long as it's like, you did a crime. With sticks and You did a crime, so you had to do something very, very scary. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. That was a crime or that was for ugly men? Criminals would sometimes be taken and you had to, like, thrown off a cliff but like you're not gonna die yeah you're gonna get caught scared straight <laughs> yeah you're scared straight it's like yeah you didn't like that did you okay well then stop stealing olives <laughs> <laughs> i would be like i would argue it would be mad fun it would be mad fun that's also a way covered in birds covered in bird feathers like fly Whee! yeah it's you, you would you'd have to like either you love it or you hate it and i and do think it, it made a criminal out of many men um, this reflected a distinctly non-lethal form of the scapegoat ritual, which some scholars have used to support the idea that the pharmacos ceremony was never practiced at all. Um, but like, no, I do think it probably had to turn into something less you die. Well, you know what I mean? I just feel like, yeah, it's not sustainable. To yeah. Keep- Whatever. Yeah, I mean, they also probably ran out of ugly people. So at some point, they were like, "That's what I'm He's saying." He's probably fine like, looking. After a couple of years, normal people start being like, "Oh my god, I'm the ugliest man in town now." Yeah, 
They killed every, they killed the like every so often they killed two of the ugliest guys. If they kill enough of them, everybody's gonna be up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would also if I had an ugly son, I would just be like, choose a girl. Go with me on this, son. Go with me on this. You would have you'll to thank me later. for your own safety. You'll or you'd have to later. be like, we go on vacation for every Three, three, mm-hmm. three, three mm-hmm. toasts or whatever it was. Yeah, they had. Yeah, we go, uh, oh, we go away to the So sea. scary. Weddings. Ooh. Uh, similar rituals would be performed before the wedding itself, such as a bath of purification, mm-hmm. offerings and sacrifices made at the temple, and a prenuptial feast. Yum. Among the different um, city-states of ancient Greece, it was most common to perform the wedding ceremony after dusk. Which is fun. That's cool. I like that. At that time, the bride would be escorted by her family on the back of a chariot as it moves slowly toward the groom's house. This process of the bride leaving her father's house and joining her husband's was signified by the removal of the bride's veil once there. Another important ritual in this wedding ceremony was the offering of an apple by the groom's family to be consumed by the bride. Oh, that's kind of cute. I but guess. then imagine everyone like it's a little biblical. watching you eat that apple. Yeah, being like, like slowly. Yum, I love like, it. I love mm-hmm. it. Like it it's takes good. a while to eat apple. Right. You have to chew a lot. Yeah. The wedding ceremony was formalized by the bride moving into her husband's house as well as by the bride's father giving the dowry. However, in Sparta, Uh-oh. shit was way oh, different. God. No, I love it. Okay. Unlike in the rest of Greece. Spartan women had to consent for the marriage to be valid and not just her parents. Mm. The ceremony itself was also quite simple and short and would involve the bride and groom engaging in hand-to-hand combat until the groom is able to overpower his bride and carry her back to his home. No. That is incredible. And also, uh, I mean, I'm just picturing, like, the... (laughs) How how weak physically... (laughs) Like, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I, I just think it would be very fun, like, if you weren't fully, like, I want to do this, to be like, and I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. I would definitely, even if I wanted desperately to marry someone, I'd be like, just I'm going to give you the fight of your life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you know, if they don't win, mm-hmm. if they don't overpower me, I'd be like, I'm having serious second thoughts. Like, <laughs> I don't think you want this enough. Like, what are you One doing? One of us trained. Like, I, I thought you? you would have come in this with a plan. Yeah. We uh, said we were then after, together. like, if this man carries this woman back to his home, mm-hmm. everybody has a giant feast. I mean, that does sound fun. Also. It's awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. It's, like, basically the equivalent of someone being, like, do you want to do a Tough Mudder with me? And then doing it, and then, like, beating you by, like, two seconds. Yeah, yeah. And then you eat a lot of food, and, and then, then you're married. And they carry you back to your yeah. house. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right, I'm too yeah. exhausted. so fun. <laughs> oh. That's my wedding. Well, I'm just going to fight. Have a, do a top yeah. butter. Mm-hmm. Do American Ninja Warrior yeah. run through. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so funeral rites. Prior to a, If this is boring, tell me to stop. It's not, great. Okay. It's not ghosts, but I thought it'd be fun. Funeral rites. Prior to the person's death, they would make arrangements for the care of their families and property, obviously, like we do too, mm-hmm. to say their final farewells and to pray. After the person had died... The body is washed and anointed with oil, and often a wreath would be put around the deceased person's neck. Then, coins on the eyes. Ooh, scary. To allow the individual to pay. Troll? Troll To the underworld? I I never know how to pronounce this when I see it on paper. How do you spell it? Karen? Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. It's not 
Jerome, that's what I'll say. It could might be, be could Charon. Be Charon. But it, I think could it's Could also Charon. be Charon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's Churro. It's Churro. The ferryman the of the deceased. And the A is pronounced. It's Churro. Oh. The ferryman of the dead. Oh. Churro. To transport them across the river sticks into the afterlife. A succulent chocolate sauce. Mm, yum. In some cases, an amulet would be put on the mouth instead, while in Ooh. some mystery cults, which we'll get to, they would use a golden ornament, sometimes known as a passport of the dead. <gasps> That's amazing. Which carried important information for helping the deceased to find their way around the, in the under, underworld. I know that you are allergic to gold, but I think with it, honestly, even if you're allergic... You should keep some in a little pouch near you because you need it for the Dulahan. You need it Fuck, for right. Shiro, the Ferryman oh. of the Dead. You should have some on you at all times. You know what? I, I actually often do carry around. I have that big old gold coin that my dad got me that I usually carry around. So. That's perfectly fine. <sighs> okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, the following day, the body was laid out for display at this time. Close female relatives of the deceased would lead the mourning by wailing loudly. You got to. Hitting themselves and ripping their clothes and hair. What? Yeah. Hitting themselves and ripping their clothes and hair. I've actually seen this in... This, like, is all over the place. Yeah. Like, the keening in Mm -hmm. Irish lore. Uh, Hitting yourself and, like, ripping stuff. I've seen it a couple different... uh, Just, like you know, funeral rites and rituals and stuff. Mm. I think it's just a thing, and I think yeah. it's cool. I, think I don't think it's, like, really hitting yourself. No, and I think it's also just an exaggeration of, like, things that people do anyway when they're grieving. Yes. Early the following day. Also, I kind of think it's cool that everyone does it because then if someone really is doing it, mm-hmm. it's like, no, I am too. You can go for it. Yeah, it makes me think of the scene in Midsummer where she's like on the ground crying and all the women are like screaming around yeah. her too. That way it's like love you're it. not the only yeah, one. We're all doing mm-hmm. it. I love that. Then early the following day, uh, usually before sunrise, the body would be led into procession to where it would be laid to rest. In this point, mourners would cut off a piece of their hair and offer it alongside libations mm. to the deceased. Okay. Sometimes blood offerings made, you know, Sometimes, usually, uh, you'd be cleansed with spiced salt water Ooh, of some kind, which is nice. like, delicious. Good bath. Um, yeah, the hair and the libations is the most important part. Mm. And this, like, this varies city to city, or city state to city state, I should say. For example, cremation was a common practice within the city state of Athens. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Here's a little bit about mystery cults. Yeah, I was going to ask. Mystery cults were a special aspect of religion in ancient Greece, so named for the great level of secrecy associated with them. Mm. Unlike the rest of religious life in ancient Greece, the rituals, practices, and knowledge of mystery cults were only available to those people who had been initiated into them, known as mystai, or mystai. Whoa. I think it's mystai. And so to this day, not much is known about the mystery cults of ancient Greece, but some of the major schools included the Eleusin... Oh, fuck. Uh, Elsinian Mysteries. Okay. And the Dionysian Mysteries and the Orphic Mysteries. Sick. The Elsinian Mysteries, I think that's how you say... No. Eleusinian. Eleusinian? I don't know. All of them sound pretty... Dumb when I say it. Twice each year. 
initiates of the Lusalinian Mysteries. There you go. Travel to Eleusis. Okay. Okay, whatever. From Athens along the sacred way. What was it? Just a nice road? I don't know. Once in the spring for the lesser mysteries, and then again around September for the greater mysteries. Cool. During the journey, celebrants would reenact Demeter's search for her daughter, Cora. Mm. Then the initiates stopped by a well, just as Demeter had, where they fasted and consumed a, be- a beverage made from mint and barley, mm. which may have contained hallucinogenic properties cool. as well. Word, word. After they had consumed the drink, the initiates went onto the underground theater, known as the Telesterion, where the mysteries actually took place. Wait, what? Okay, yeah, there's an underground theater. What? First, they take a bunch of hallucinogens, <laughs> then they go to I an didn't underground know theater. That the mysteries were an event. Oh yeah, the lesser mysteries and the greater mysteries. This stage may have consisted of a ritual reenactment of the story of Demeter and Cora, and Cora's death and transformation into the figure of Persephone, which uh, with which the whole of the Eleusinian, or however you say it, mysteries mm-hmm. is, is concerned. Many accounts and references to these mysteries describe them as having a profoundly powerful effect on the participants. Yeah, if you're tripping. And that many emerge from them without a fear of death. I love that. That I want that. I'm part of this mystery. It, look, if we take a ton of drugs mm-hmm. and do a cool reenactment of like a... Would love. Greek myth. The Dionysian mysteries are also a thing. Less known, is a, less known about them. But it seems to share the same theme of seasonal death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. Many of the ceremonies within the Dionysian mysteries involve the idea of losing control of one's body, mm-hmm. of returning to a more primal world... And abandoning civilized society. Damn. Wine seems to have played a vital role. Sure. To the Dionysian mysteries. Dionysus did love love wine. Of course. But so did dancing and music, including the use of drums and bull roarers. Yeah. Wow. Bull roarers. What is that? I'll tell you. But one sec. A key aspect of the mysteries was the idea that by losing control of yourself in this way, the divine would come to inhabit your body. Ooh. Which... As an actor who does a lot of bullshit work, I think, mm-hmm. uh, or what other people might perceive as that, I, I fully agree. I've definitely felt the spirit. Sure. You got to lose control. When I'm writhing, pretending to be a snake, doing some oh animal God. work. Animal a bull work. roar is a, is a ster- ceremonial noisemaker um, native to many parts of the world. It's basically just like a... From what I can tell, it's a rhombus. Uh-huh. And when I say that, I mean it's also called a rhombus. What? Or turndon. How can that It's be? an ancient music, uh, ritual musical um, instrument. I don't really know what it's supposed to sound like, but it's truly a flat, a flat piece of wood, a rectangular thin slat of wood. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you maybe it's two flat things together that you kind of blow through and it makes like a you know It says the so it's attached to a long cord. Mhm. Oh, maybe it works like a diaphragm kind of, like vocal cords and you pull a string through. Maybe. Flat it's things. got like a, a vibrato sound. Let's see, a visual demonstration. Ready? Mhm. Oh, get to it, dude. Play it. 
Okay, he's swinging it. <gasps> what? What? That's so cool. This man is also dressed as a... He's in like a hut. Oh, oh, hello. Wow. Anyway, that last part wasn't the bull roar. That yeah, was just yeah. my computer. It was a fun little tone. Anyway, yeah. Wow. There's some ancient, really ancient cool. ritual rites. God. Of ancient Greece. I love that. Yeah, I'm fun. Really cool ancient Greece. Though. I mainly got into it because of the two ugliest men in town getting killed. I cannot believe but they it was interesting. Those ugly Not men. a spooky ookie, but a fun piece of knowledge. No, not a spooky ookie, but. It's in a lot of ways still haunting, you know? Still haunting, yeah. I do want to know more about the mysteries. I do, too. I would love to go. I wish that we could somehow see them. I know, but, like, we, everyone is dead that knows about them. Well, I guess. Maybe if we, like, ask the right, ask the right Greek god. Yeah. He'll give us all the... I the closest thing is 100% my dad's that. club. Oh, my God. We can't the go to that. You know we're not allowed. No, we're not allowed. My dad's club is a yeah. really funny thing to call the Freemasons. <laughs> well, I'm also not talking about a good, good, good ghost today. That's okay. But Taking a break. it is going to be a fun one, I think. Because I'm going to tell you about a couple of strange diseases. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. No, they're more... They're... You're not going to get them. They're very rare. Okay. And they are a little creepy. Okay. So I think you're going to like it. All right. Great. I can't wait. We're going to start with auto brewery syndrome. Oh, no. There are people who experience intoxication and hangovers without (gasps) drinking a significant amount of alcohol or even without ingesting alcohol at all. That's horrible. I know. That's a curse. It's scary. Um, they have a rare condition called auto brewery syndrome. It seems like they could have called it something else. Does their body create alcohol? Yeah. Wow. Um, it's called also gut fermentation syndrome in which oh pure alcohol or ethanol is produced in a person's gut after they've eaten carbohydrate rich foods. Oh yeah. yeast yeah. overproduction, yeah. fermentation. An excess of, uh, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, a type of yeast in oh. the gut is the culprit leads to fermentation process that produces ethanol. Uh, researchers note that the spontaneously produced alcohol would not be enough to land someone in a drunk driving charge since it doesn't, uh, like, elevate your it's blood not alcohol the same, level. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but there you are, are drunk on side effects. Wow. Yeah. I always call beer bread soda, and I guess I was right. It's true. Um, <laughs> since your liver typically produces ethanol, people whose liver doesn't function properly might experience a form of this when alcohol accumulates and lingers in their system for longer. So some symptoms include belching, chronic fatigue, dizziness, disorientation, hangovers, Mm. and IBS. (laughs) Oh, Um, God. Terrer definitely had this. (laughs) I know. But think about, like, when you're drunk, you're tired, you're dizzy, disoriented. Next day, you're hungover. Can't stop burping and having IBS. Having IBS. Um, so obviously all those symptoms further impact a person's mental health and physical well-being. Uh, in an interview on the BBC, somebody with auto brewery syndrome explained how it affected them before they got their diagnosis, saying, it was weird. I'd eat some carbs and all of a sudden I was goofy and vulgar. Every day for a year I would wake up and vomit. Sometimes it would come on over the course of a few days. Sometimes it was just like, bam, I'm drunk. (laughs) 
so funny to be like, weird. I guess I'm just going to keep doing the same stuff I've been doing, though. Yeah, to just, like, not like, even acknowledge I ate a sandwich it. and bam, I am drunk. Wow. I also feel like sometimes it's, it, it's really funny to me when people realize they have something and then, like, treat it. And mm. it's, like, always shocking how long they went without getting help. Especially but something you do, like that. You do undergo this thing of being like, wait. Not everyone is like this. Yeah, yeah. That moment like, of being like, oh, I second. hate when you eat bread and you feel like out of it afterwards. Yeah. People are like, what? what are you talking about, dude? You're or like people discovering that, that they're colorblind after like 20 oh, years. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, of course they didn't know. Yeah. So it's kind of like that whenever so I hear sad. about people being like, yeah, you know, just like had a piece of French toast and then like got black yeah. up drunk. And then like, I can't remember you know, the rest woke of the day. Up and didn't know what I had done. <laughs> Um, Okay, have we talked about this one before? Foreign accent syndrome? No. Okay. Well, imagine this. You're born and grew up in New York. You've got a New York accent. Okay. Like Christopher. Christopher. One day you're playing basketball with your pals, and when, boom, a ball bonks you on the noggin, and you pass out. When you wake up in the emergency room and call out to the nurse, you realize something shocking has happened to you. Your New York accent is gone, and it has been replaced by what sounds like a strong British accent. What? Yeah. What happened? Well, you have foreign accent syndrome. What the fuck? It's actually a speech impediment resulting from damage to parts of the brain responsible for coordinating speech. But it can like it can be a result of a traumatic brain injury, sometimes a stroke, the speech impediment. So it's like sounds like they have a okay. foreign accent. However, however, um, there's also a different kind of foreign accent syndrome that's psychogenic where it is like basically a latent psychiatric or psychological disturbance in the absence of a demonstrable neurological okay i was gonna say like you could easily go both ways with this yeah i am because i've watched a lot of videos of this today and there are not only like you know english to british english to australian a lot of things to Australian, Japanese wow. to Korean, British to French, Spanish to Hungarian. Did you ever listen to that episode of Invisibilia or like... Oh, Or wait, maybe yeah. This American Life where the guy was like, no, I just like told people I was British for like, until I was 17. And my parents oh, were wait, like, you no, have to stop doing this. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I don't care, parents. So like, I don't give a care. Oh, I'm like this and you're not. Oh my god! That was actually more that Australian. Was a Australian. Um, of one of my one, of, uh, yeah, one of my friends in when was it? Maybe like twenty twelve. Was out at a bar, like introduced herself to a guy doing an oh Irish god, accent yes. just to mess with them. Then like he wanted to keep hanging out all night, so she had to keep it up. And then like six hours into them hanging out, she was like. I've got to tell you something. And he was like, what? And she was like, I'm sorry, I'm not Irish. And he was, it blindsided him. Yeah, of course. So crazy. I do love that, so though. Funny. That's the what best. What a weird ruse to keep up. I you was have like, to, You didn't though. have to keep doing it. For fun, you do. For fun, you do. We but, do have a friend who tells people that his name is not his name. Just like, Andrew does this. When, oh, like, he's yeah. places he, he knows he'll never be again. He'll yeah. just tell people he's like, Todd? Yeah, why or not? Or something? Why not? I forget what the name is. It would is. be hard if you had to keep playing along with it. It's very fun to wait your time. whole life for that to come back, though. Like, Todd? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah is. No, no, it is. You do know me as Todd. You do know me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that more often 
what when people have like a full accent change, it's not because they have a speech impediment. It's because no. like something was awoken. Something them. was awoken, or something <laughs> went fast asleep forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. something yeah. happened because there are the videos of this are fascinating. Yeah. I do have the the mild version of this where I just start doing an accent for no reason. Oh, I do that too. A lot of mirroring stuff. I really cannot help it. Um, I do a southern accent a lot. I was about to say, I even wrote down here, next time anything hits my head, I'm going to start talking like John B. McElmore and never Mm -hmm. go back. Yeah. I'm never going back. (laughs) If I get hit in the head, this is it. I do it all the time, and when I was a waitress, I used to do it. Oh, it is a isn't it a proven way to yeah. make people like you more? It is not like or a like full on, you. not like a full on. So that Just accent, like, but I would, I would how instead y'all doing? of yeah, instead of being like, uh, what can I get you today? I'd be like, when I... I can't even do it now. Like, what can I get you? First of all, it's just higher in yeah. the register. Just, what can I get you guys today? Yeah, just really subtle. What you guys gonna have? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good to see Hi, you. Hi, Stephanie. I'll be your server. Hi. Just like, oh my God. just a little bit different. Yeah. Goes a long way. Oh, boy. That actually is bringing me back to customer service phone mm-hmm. days when I used to have to just truly keep it up for hours and hours. Totally. Oh, my God. What a nightmare that is. Horrible. Okay, you ready for this? Fish odor syndrome. I gotta go. Well. I gotta go. That can't exist. Steph, you have to know. When a person has trimethylineuria, colloquially known as fish odor syndrome, they emit an, as oh, you might guess, unpleasant no. body odor reminiscent of the smell of a rotting fish. Guess what? Terrar has all of these. Terrar definitely has all of these. <laughs> um, they do it through their sweat, breath, and urine. God damn it. Uh, it causes a person to have strong, unpleasant body odor, which has a severe <sighs> negative effect on their mental health. Fish pee? God. Dude, it happens when the body is unable to break down the organic compound trimethylamine, trimethylamine, sorry, trimethylamine. Uh, which produces yeah. this strong fishy smell. Fish oh odor boy. syndrome occurs in people who have a mutation of the FMO3 gene. You gotta tell me there's a cure. Um, let me see. Uh, is it Calvin Klein's obsession? Yes, you just spritz it's it dousing your body in obsession. You do know that that's my favorite perfume because it's how you catch a tiger, right? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so insane. Can you believe they tried to catch a man-eating tiger for like a year? Yeah, it and smells then, seductive. And then all they had to do was use Calvin Klein obsession to, to lure it. They had unbridled horny so yeah, that it could super, super stay horny. away. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Nope. Strategies for the management of trimethylineuria may include dietary changes to remove or reduce the presence of trimethylamine precursors. So not really. Wow. Fuck. Okay. This one is actually scary to me. Syndrome X. What? Brooke Greenberg was born in 1993 and appeared to be a normal infant. In her first six years, she went through a series of unexplained medical emergencies from which she recovered, all of them, but including seven stomach ulcers, a seizure, and a stroke. She's how old now? She was six when this happened. Um, At age five, she uh, had a mass in her brain that caused her to go into a deep sleep that was confirmed not to be a coma, but she slept for 14 days. What the fuck? Doctors diagnosed the mass as a brain tumor, but when she awoke and they checked again, they couldn't find anything there. That's an alien. Well, her medical troubles were a mystery, and between the ages of four and five, she stopped growing entirely. At eight years of age, she was still the size of a six-month-old infant, (gasps) weighing 13 pounds, just 30 inches tall. They gave her... They tried 
everything on her. They gave her growth hormones. They tried so much stuff for oh years. My God. She wouldn't gain weight or grow in height or developmentally past the age that she appeared to be physically. She was one of around a dozen kids around the world suffering from what they called Syndrome X. Brooke eventually died at age 20, but she never grew to look or act older than a two-year-old oh child. Oh, my God. She was a permanent baby. It was crazy. That there was is actually a TLC horrifying. special about this um, that, you know, we should watch. Holy fuck. Yeah. Can you Holy imagine? Fuck. 20. Just permanent two-year-old. Having a baby for 20 years. For 20 years. Because, like... It's not like she is has the mind of like no. a 20-year-old. No, she stayed a baby. It's a baby forever. Yeah. That's the worst. Really scary. That's like when people say, I want my puppy to be a puppy forever. No, it's you like, don't. Do you? No, you don't. No, you don't. I think that we have talked about this one a little bit. Fatal familial insomnia. Yeah. I think I mentioned it a little bit. I was like, I have it. You don't have it. You were like, no, you don't don't. have it. It's a degenerative brain disorder. Uh, You inherit it. I don't think you have it. I have, if anything, like regular insomnia. Regular insomnia. (laughs) But I don't think I have fatal insomnia, thank God. Uh, Because this one, no no cure. No, no, no. Um, It also, like, fucks up your nervous system, autopilot systems, like breathing, heart rate, and body temperature. Um, It's, yeah, you definitely don't have it. Um, the characteristic symptom is progressive insomnia, often beginning at middle age, but can occur earlier or later in life, whenever, I guess. Insomnia may first be mild, but it rapidly becomes worse until the affected individual is almost not sleeping at all. Um, the insomnia usually comes on really suddenly, gets worse way, really, really quickly. Um, when they do sleep, they're, they have like vivid, uh, dreams, like a lot of, um, what is it called when you can control your dream? Lucid, Lucid? dreams. Um, but soon the lack of sleep leads to physical and mental deterioration. The disease ultimately progresses to coma and death. Oh my gosh. Which is like, That's what? the worst thing in the world. Also, just to touch on lucid dreaming, yeah. teaching yourself to do it is really dangerous. Why? You should not do it. Why? It can like mess up a lot of things for you, I think. Like REM cycle I was Yeah, I was reading about like teaching yourself to lucid dream. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the context, but my takeaway was like, and from what I was reading, people that tried to do it, that mm-hmm. were teaching themselves how to do it, were like, don't <laughs> do this. Huh. It is, uh, it's bad for you. I can see it leading to your sleep not being that restful because you're concentrating so much. That and like... Um, it was causing people to, like, have sleep paralysis. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. And, like, you know, then once you associate trauma with sleeping... Oh, God. It's even worse. Yeah. Uh, so... Well, that is really creepy. Yeah. I mean, I... This weirds me out so much, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but especially not being able to sleep at all, and then the second you do sleep, having these crazy lucid dreams. I know. And then waking up and being like, <gasps> And knowing that you're eventually going to die from this. Oh, my God. So horrible. What? What? Couldn't you just get some kind of knockout drugs? There's got to be something strong enough. Mm. I guarantee for these people, NyQuil doesn't work. Mm. But even like Michael Jackson's sweet drugs. Sweet elixir. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm. Which, honestly, the times that I've had surgery, mm, chef's kiss. Best sleep I've ever had. Oh, yeah, of course. The best rest. Okay, chimeric people. This is scary. Imagine going in for genetic tests along with your children only to find out you're not their biological mother, but guess what? You gave birth to them. 
Yeah, insane. This is something that happens. It normally turns out, I guess in every case, oh it turns God, out. Oh my God, Robin, do you what? know what? What? Huh. What? I knew these all sounded familiar. What? I think I found this exact same thing that you're reading on and then didn't do it because I thought it would scare you too much. Whoa. Yeah. Shit. Because I remember just these last three. Okay. Wow. Well, you know? let's let's keep them coming. Look, there there are more not from that one. These are all cobbled together from different places. I love it. So don't worry. This one I intentionally didn't read because it scared me just it to think about creepy. it. It is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. The mother uh, in all these cases is a chimera, a composite of two non-identical twins that fuse together in her mother's womb. Horrible. So creepy. Yeah. So weird. Imagine I hate finding it. out you're a chimera. I would hate it. And you know what? We aren't sure that we're not. We don't know. Yeah. We're not going to know until, well, we take our own kids in to make sure they're not chimeras. Yeah. Once I take Blue into this. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, we don't know how to tell thing. you this, but he's not he's your not son. He's not your son. There okay. was a chimera who, like, the, the twin was living, like. Fetus in Fetu? It was kind of like a fetus in Fetu, but it wasn't in the, it wasn't obviously in the abdomen. It was like. A free floating, still alive sack of twin that that was like alive for all intents and purposes. Yeah. It was like vampiring off of them, right? Yeah. It was taking all their blood. It was, but it was inside of their body. So they didn't know what it was. I hate that. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Guess what? It's like having a Voldemort. What? Ew. Ew on the back of your head. (laughs) But inside. We got up next. Morgellons. Oh, yeah, Morgellons. poor Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, According to the Morgellons Research Foundation, crawling, biting, and stinging sensations and the emergence of strange blue, black, or red fibers from the skin characterize this disease that nearly 14,000 people suffer from. Horrible. Um, Accompanied often by exhaustion, short-term memory loss, joint pain, and changes in vision. Uh, it was named by a mother who believed her two-year-old son had it. It came from a 17th century skin condition in France in which children died after the emergence of, quote, dark hair. Mm. Um, again, there's a lot of debate over whether or not this condition actually exists. How can you say it doesn't exist if you're just like red fibers well, because are growing out of your body? I think one of the things is that the fibers are commonly seen, like, clumped in with scabs. So it's not like, it's not like there's, like, a hair, a fiber hair growing out that you can, like, pluck. Like, they're attached to the skin, but, like, usually in scabs, which makes people think that they're, like, picked up from... Uh, clothes or something. It says uh, fibers in the skin are thought to be textile-based, picked up by common conditions like eczema or scabies. So, like, there's a lot of debate. (sighs) I just... Ugh. I know. It's tough because I don't know how to tell you this. One of my worst dreams was that I can't even say it on this podcast. Tell me. But it, like, haunts me. Tell me. One of my worst dreams ever. I'm getting chills and I feel oh sick God. thinking about this. Okay. Is that I was, I had, like, patches of coarse hair growing on my face, like, right here. Yeah. That was also scabby. Ooh. And I would, I was, like, picking at it and picking at it. And then eventually I pulled the hair and my entire, like, the cheek came with it. And yeah. I could see my 
teeth, like my jaw through Ooh, that's it. that's so creepy. But it was like the thing of when like you're just picking a scab. Yeah, yeah. Only it was literally full of also hair going out of it. Oof. That's so creepy. But you like know, grass. I can't handle horrible. Like, body horror and body horror dreams like that are the fucking worst. It was so horrible. Oof. God. I think about that to this day. Yeah. No, that's one that'll stay with me. I was like, why? Why, brain? Oh, my God. (laughs) Why have you done this? Head falling off dream. Yeah, the worst thing. Um, Oh, honey. Okay, back to a non-gross one. Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Oh. Um, Sufferers of this perceive objects as being much smaller than they are. (gasps) What? What? I love also known as micropsia or lilliput sight. Lilliput sight. Lilliput sight can affect the sense of hearing, touch, and perceptions of one's own body image. Imagine being like, oh my god, I'm so scared. The syndrome is also associated with migraine headaches, named after, obviously, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Wow. Blah, blah, blah. The fact that Carol suffered from migraines is well documented, and some speculate that he may have uh, suffered from this himself. Wow. All right, this is going to be my last one. Fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva. What? Also known as FOP. I prefer to call it FOP. Boop. In 1938, when American Harry Eastlack was five years old, he broke his leg. The fracture didn't set properly, and then his hip and knee stiffened up, and bizarrely, bone growths developed on the muscles of his oh, thigh. Oh, no. By his mid-twenties, the vertebrae of his back had begun to fuse together. Oh. When he died at age 39 in 1973, he was able to move only his lips. Horrible. He suffered from fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva, a rare disease affecting some one in two million people, in which the body's tendons and ligaments undergo a metamorphosis where they transform into bone. That's fucking fucked. Ugh. Guess what? It's congenital and is characterized by a malformation of the big toe. Are you... Fucking that is kidding present me. at birth. I need to get my toes x-rayed right away. No, you would already be dead, dude. From this really? Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure the, the, the fusing can't just occur at any time? I'm pretty sure. Or it sounds like it was trauma-related for this person. Yeah. I think you're fine. I think you're okay. Okay, if I break a bone soon... Just keep an eye on it. I'm just going to make sure it doesn't fuse my entire body yeah, together. Make sure it doesn't fuse your body but for your lip. Ugh. Um, he luckily donated a skeleton to research of the disease and it's on the, on display at the Mutter Museum in Philly. Oh man, we should go. We should really go. Pay your respects. Um, I'm going to Philly this weekend, maybe. Cool. Maybe I can stop by and say hello to poor Harry. Why not? Um, yeah, the International FOP Association continues to research the extremely rare condition. Oh man. So sad. That's the worst. I know. Oh, it just makes you wonder. And think, it and does. my my tip is going to be, anytime you have a bad day or you're just cursing the world and you're thinking, why me? Yeah. Just thank, thank the universe and, and the powers that be for the health you do have. Yeah. Because even being able to move around, even if you, listener, can move only a little bit mm-hmm. or, or you can move a lot of bit. Sure. Any way that you have to move it's nice having is all nice because guess what? It's not just your lips moving. Yeah. It's the you And lucky. if you can see the and if you can hear so if you can talk and if you could taste mm-hmm. and if you could touch things. Yep. And if you can if you have 
free will over your own body and mind, uh-huh. then that is a lot. Yeah, and that's true. And guess what? It's a good day because you woke up today. Wow. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Like I said before, no wars have happy endings. I know. I was going to say, what another poem for the ages. Yeah. Who knows who, who knows who wrote them, but here they are. Well, they've just, there's some of those things that have just been there forever and mm-hmm. we just accept them as part yep. of life now. Mm-hmm. What's your tip? Guess my tip would be, um, you know, if you can access a bull roarer, maybe mm. give it a whip. Give Definitely. it a whip around. It seems very fun. Yeah. Oh, another also tip is also don't sacrifice animals. Don't sacrifice animals. And if you're one of the two ugliest men in town, Get out. Skip town. Or hide. Really Sorry. good. Sorry, babe. Even if you're the sixth ugliest man in town. Yeah. Clock's a ticking. Abolish ugliest man murder. <laughs> yeah. Abolish ugliest man murder. Yeah. Also, who's in charge of deciding the ugliest men? I know. Because it seems up to taste. It's, unless there's a pageant, I don't I, I, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Unless we can all And even agree. then, politics are going to get involved, you know? Of course. We need to have an unbiased quorum. Yeah. And we uh, I mean, you know, save the ugly men. That's what I'll say. Yeah. They didn't, they've got it hard enough. They don't need their dicks thwapped with twins. I know. And then just stoned to death in the most beautiful place by the shore. You're just hurting them before you kill them? Yeah. And they're already, they've already been ugly their whole and lives. And they've already, like, maybe they're finding out for the first time that they're ugly too. Yeah. They're like, wait, I thought it was average. I thought I was safe. Yeah. I thought it would never I be it was me. Like normal. They're Ugh. like, no, you're the ugliest man in town. Get your stupid baby dick so, out so I can hit it with a rod. So many blows at once. It's really hard and sad mm. for them. To, yeah. And they finally get to go down to the shore and and oh, God, it's not lives. fair. Terrible. For no Harrowing. reason. Yeah. Yeah, where's that Midsummer movie of the two ugliest men in town? <laughs> we should today? write it. Oh my god, <laughs> we really should. Yep, that's another one. Add it to the, the list. Of our, yeah, the two ugliest men in town. The two ugliest men in town have the worst day yeah. of their lives. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! All right, so we're writing that. That's copyright. We're saying it out yeah. loud, so that's copyrighted. It's copyrighted. It's trademarked. You can't have it's it. Trademark. I'm gonna have to get in touch with Chris Angel. Yeah, yeah. About it to see if he'll, if he'll. He's obviously not going to be one of the two ugliest. No, men but in you town. know what he can coordinate? What? Bird stunt. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah! Really yeah, good. You can sort that all out. Really good. Oh yes, yes. I'm gonna definitely, definitely, you definitely write him a letter later tonight. Have a Merry Christmas, mind freak. Merry Christmas, mind freak. What's your favorite um, holiday? Um, okay. Thank you well, for listening, guys. Thank you for listening. Follow Love us you. on Twitter at SpiritPod on social at That's the Spirit Podcast. Please email us. That's the Spirit Podcast at gmail.com. All of that, and we love you so much. And we'll see you in hell. Bye. Goodbye. So much.